Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. 
ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. At this time, one of my all-time favorite. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and America continues to be the highlight of the global narrative. No matter what you do, you just can't turn off the news, right? Well, let, let me tell you, I have. I have definitely turned off the news, but you can't help it. You get it on Twitter, somebody calls you, they tell you what's going on, everybody's in awe, everybody is frustrated, Everyone feels a little bit relief. Everybody feels a little bit of fear. Hey, normal human emotions. And until we fix ourselves, we won't be able to see anything outside of us fixed anyway. So look, the work has to start from within you. It was always supposed to be that way. But, you know, the natural law of nature tends to have us always look at the external. When was the last time you thought about a seed that grew a tree? Exactly. We don't look at the inner world. We don't look at the deeper inner root of things. We always are more focused on the external. Oh, look at that plant. Look at that tree. Look at that flower. Look at that fruit. But we never gave thanks to the seed. One seed will give you a tree that will offer you fruits or shelter or cool air for hundreds of years, if not thousands. Magnificent. We're at a particular juncture in our life that we really are opened to, you know, becoming internally more wise and also feeling a sense that I've got to make myself well on the inside. One of the things that I've loved, and I hope everyone has also loved, our whole Diwali dance production, one of the things that I love is the arts. When it comes on to music, it comes on to theater, it comes on to poetry, 
comes onto literature. It touches the soul. It feeds the soul. Today, my guest, Gary Malkin, is the founder and chief visionary officer of Wisdom of the World Wellness. He's an Emmy Award-winning composer, public speaker, and music and health innovator who champions the power of music to promote health, wellness, and compassion. He's redefining the role of music in life's challenging transitions at the individual and institutional levels. During his 20 years as a nationally known composer and producer for film, television, and commercials, Gary received seven ASCAP film and TV awards for such shows as the iconic Unsolved Mysteries TV series. Gary received the Hollywood Music and Media Award as the composer for Thrive, one of the most widely viewed documentaries in history. He's currently creating a sequel soundtrack to be released in the fall of 2020. We're privileged to welcome Gary Malkin to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Gary. Welcome. I'm so glad that you can join us. This is so overdue. Uh, What a thrill. Hi, Sister Jenna. How are you? (laughs) I am hanging in there. I'm in the nation's capital, (laughs) and it's been great to just allow everyone in this particular part of America to keep pulling the light, whatever amount of it I've got left. <laughs> Which is of course infinite, right? Of course. Well let's hope. Well thank you so much for joining us. You know, you've been composing um, some amazing work and I'll be curious to find out what actually inspired your interest in music. Oh my god. You mean way back there? I'm in a current kind of Gary two point phase because from nineteen eighty to two thousand I was strictly music for T V, film, commercial ventures and that's when I did Unsolved Mysteries and I did Thousand Commercials and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, I had a horrible accident, a bicycle accident, where I really came close to not sticking around. And like most people, death or accidents create the greatest wake-up call. So that's when I started working on music for helping us through life transitions, for awakening what I call heart-centered mindfulness, which is more of an embodied mindfulness that involves the heart and gut brain. And then focusing on all different transitions of life. So that, my last 20 years, is very focused on consciousness and social philanthropy and making the world a better place. Way back there, I think that most people, you grow up into a family that inherits, I literally felt like from another planet, like nobody else in the family really understood me. (laughs) And the first moment I touched the piano at five years old at a friend's house was like that moment when... Dorothy came out of the black and white tornado strewn cottage and everything was suddenly cinemascope, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think the piano gave me this literally breath of, oh, I can breathe. That something about the musical language that slowed things down enough for yeah. me to feel. The universal language of human emotion is music, right? Right. And I'll tell you this. Well, it's been before the pandemic. I've been wanting to allow the soul to sing, to dance, Mm. to act, which is completely out of my character, FYI. And even (laughs) though I sense that it was always there, my journey just never took me there because, you know, I've always had so many things to be responsible for that it just didn't take me there. And as a result of the pandemic, I mean, I'm looking at my guitar more, the piano. I used to play the cello. I don't play it anymore. I'm trying to remember what notes are like. 
And I have to tell you that I think during this particular period that we're in, people are moving more towards a revised or modernized form of a Renaissance way of being. There's something about the arts that I think is calling all of us right now to really awaken to a deeper sense of ourselves. Do you agree? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, notwithstanding the horrible losses that we've sustained and just all the families that are going through whatever if they've lost a loved one, if they've, if they've gotten the virus, of course, you know, my heart goes out to all of them. But this reset has been such a profound intervention. And it's really given me the opportunity to really talk about destiny that music and the arts has to reawaken and re-engage us to the multidimensionality of our spirituality. And I talk about it in terms of five portals. I literally think that each one of these portals are like sources of intelligence that have a vibrational frequency all their own, like the brain, the heart brain, mm. the gut brain, and then the soul, and then our access to spirit. That's my kind of created cosmology. And what I find is that this time has really brought to our attention the awareness that we're so out of balance with regards to thinking and feeling and being and doing. And a lot of our attention and our energy has been engaged in linear, rational, mental engagement rather than the vibrational frequency of the soul and the spirit and the heart. I do a lot of five rhythms, open floor dance practice, and certain parts of me awaken up when music literally engages my body And I'm suddenly experiencing the world in a different way. And I think that's what the COVID virus has given some of us who have had the good fortune to be able to benefit from it. Not everybody has, but it's been an incredible recognition of our multidimensionality as spiritual beings on a human journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, some musicians say that their music is divinely inspired. What is your creative process for composing music? Do you have a particular way, like, for example, My Best Times? are between 2 to 5 o'clock in the morning. That's when I get Uh my touchings. That's when I get my creative stuff. That's when I'm told, you know, you need to do this. You need to get this done. And I do it. It just won't fail because it is so real and so pure. What's your method? Do you have one? You know, I just finished the score to the sequel to Thrive, and I just want to give it a plug because it is one of the most important films I've ever worked on, and it's all about the unified field and it shows scientifically how connected we are at the quanta level and does it with graphics and music you can stream it yourself at thriveon.com t-h-r-i-v-e the reason i bring it up is one of the things that foster gamble the co-creator of the movie talks about is that it all begins with aligning with purpose for me i grew up in new york and broadway musicals and films were my life's blood and Mm. so for me Emotional motivation, compassion for the human journey, this is what inspires my music, is the feeling tone of what emotional medicine is needed for either me or my loved ones or the culture at this moment. And it literally rises up. Like, I was a part of the Caravan of Unity. I did the launch event. I music directed and co-hosted with Melanie Damore the launch event for the Caravan of Unity on August 28th at Grace Cathedral. And Mm -hmm. in that four-hour telecast, I did a piece that I wrote for Thrive, but I extended it 
called The Elegy for the Things We've Lost. When I think about the theaters that are closed, when I think about Mm -hmm. the performers and all the attendant, you know, employees of the 3D performing industries, on top of everything else that we've lost, which is so innumerable, I feel like the only authentic and appropriate response is grief, is elegy, is a music to hold our presence in the acknowledgement of the loss so that we can move through it into a new appreciation for the preciousness of life. So I'm answering you indirectly, forgive me for not Mm -hmm. being, but it's more the feeling that is the spark that is the music response to the need of that feeling as medicine, if you know what I mean. I do. You know, you are very well known for the acclaimed classic Graceful Passages, which I think I've understood it has touched, I mean, about a million people and it's been offering support during the many phases of loss. Could you tell us a little, little bit more? I know you've touched on it a little bit, but more about Graceful Passages? Yeah, well, honestly, Sister Jenna, you know, thank you for asking about that. It has been the greatest gift of my life. My beloved friend and true spiritual musical pioneer, Michael Stillwater, who lives in Europe now, he was serving at the bedside of people who were dying with the Tacoma hospices and made up these spontaneous songs to families that were literally hanging on the edge in denial, like, oh, he'll be fine, she'll be fine, whatever. And then the moment he came in and offered a song of acceptance of what the moment really was, which was somebody's at the doorway and everybody was denying it and holding on to the one that was dying, immediately everybody started crying, the person who was dying let go, and within an hour they left this world and they were free to go in joy, appreciation, and support by their family, right? Well, so when he saw that, he went, well, if I were dying, you know, it's very sweet of him to say, I would like Gary's music to support me if I were dying. So he approached me, and we came up with this idea of scoring spoken messages from the world's humanitarians and visionaries as if the words were a movie, right? Like, you know, really score it. The art of film scoring is the art of creating an emotionally resonant musical field that enables us to feel and listen to the words, not just with our ears and our minds, but with our hearts and souls. That's what the best of film scoring does. So we worked on that from 1998 to 2001. And all I can tell you is it was responsible for helping me become aware after that accident I referenced, that my focus with music was very much about me and image and ego and profile and profit and, you know, the, dreams of a young man, right? And I suddenly shattered in this accident and suddenly realized I'm going to die one day and it could be tomorrow. (laughs) So I thought to myself, there is nothing more important than awaking us from the purely linear understanding. I jokingly say the last time I checked, the death statistic is still, I think, one per person. Don't you think? Maybe? (laughs) And so Graceful Passages, which was released 20 years ago, has been the greatest gift of my life because it helped me find my purpose, which was to awaken people to the preciousness of our fragility and the preciousness of this gift that we have called this breath, this life, and I tell you, honestly, there isn't a place I go around the world that people say, you did that? You know, it's such an honor and a privilege because I know that what happens is when you are intimately engaged with the recognition of your mortality, I believe it's really hard to 
to hurt somebody else intentionally. I mean, we all end up hurting somebody unintentionally, but to do that intentionally and to be overt, intentionally cruel, I don't think you could do that when you're in touch with the reality of your mortality. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. So looking at the wisdom of the world wellness, which you founded, tell our listeners what it's all about and what actually is its mission. Thank you for the opportunity to share it. Well, I'm an emissary of recognizing that music is not just entertainment, but music is entertainment. It's a tool that we've barely just scratched the surface in designing ways in which we can wake up to a more embodied balance between being and doing, like I've been talking about, a more spaciousness for not just physiological wellness, which is also represented on the site through my business partner, Dr. Clint Rogers, who just wrote the most amazing book called Ancient Healing Secrets from an Ancient Master. It's uh, Dr. Pankaj Naram and the story that he wrote working with him for 10 years. So Clint Rogers covers taking responsibility for your wellness rather than looking outside for doctors and medicines and cures as the only way to your physiological health. And he supports so much the idea of music being a way to awaken to the wisdom and the song of your purpose and your heart. That Clint stepped up behind me and said, Gary, I want to partner with you in creating a bridge that recognizes that wellness is a vibrational state of consciousness that reflects gratitude and presence and, and compassion and empathy and forgiveness and emotional and spiritual intelligence and all these states. And all of those states require like you did in your meditation, dropping in to a vibrational state that allows you to feel from the inside who you are and what really matters most. And that's the purpose of Wisdom of the World Wellness's website. It's all about creating these what I call holy moments, and all it requires is five minutes of your time where you listen to either music or spoken word. You allow your mitochondria to gravitate to the light and awaken to your true spiritual nature. And the music that was created on Wisdom of the World Wellness was designed for that, for presence, for awakening to the gift that you are. And that's basically what wisdomoftheworld.com is all about. Mm, that's so beautiful to hear. I mean, we need something like that more and more. Let's talk about what is unique about the music that you're called to compose, and what experience do you hope listeners actually will take away from your music? Great questions. <laughs> um, I love that. There are some distinctions. And one of the broadest ones that I like to share is that, you know, before the COVID virus came, I was saying that the greatest epidemic of our times was not the problems that lead to climate change, although that's certainly serious. I jokingly said that nobody takes things seriously unless you call it a syndrome. And I made up a name called Awareness Fragmentation Syndrome just completely bogusly made up. <laughs> but I made it up because I felt like one of the greatest serious threats of our time is that people are walking around thinking the normal that's acceptable is to live your life from the neck up and rather than the full embodiment and engagement with the heart brain, as heart math says, and the gut brain. So one of the things that was the greatest deterrence to a fully engaged being with our spirits, fully engaged with our heart and our gut and our soul was the speed that we run in our lives. It seems so simple, and it's like such a duh, you know, like, yeah, and what are you telling me that I don't know? But when you use music to slow you down and to hold you into an empathic presence 
you'd be surprised how most people are uncomfortable with the awkward silence. You know, like you talk to somebody and suddenly there's this silence. Most people who practice meditation every day don't have a problem with the silence. They're like, ah, thank you, a breath, you know, as opposed to all the music I did for TV and film in the 80s and 90s. A lot of what I found is that we really as humans benefit from the training wheels of music that holds us in a compassionate presence. And then literally what shifts is maybe just 1%, 2% from 49% to 51%. And suddenly we're attentive to the goodness that's inherent mm. in the world, in ourselves and others. And it slows wow. us down to be curious enough to actually slow down enough to get the benefits of what ultimately we would discard when we become good meditators, which is the need for music to awaken us to the quiet within. But a lot of this is really for the music of most people who would never, ever sit and meditate in the silence because it existentially threatens a lot of people because we're always used to the news on constantly as a drone to keep us from feeling alone. Many of us who are living alone or have the television on all the time. Well, just imagine if you took 10 minutes and turned the television off and turned on one of the pieces that Wisdom of the World offers, say, with spoken word or just music alone. I have a whole package called Quantum Sensory Resources for Awakening the Divine Feminine, blah, blah, blah. But everything that Wisdom of the World is about is taking a breath and suddenly making friends with the silence in a way that becomes a profound meeting with your goodness and the goodness that exists in this present moment, in every present moment. Even as you just did that, as you were speaking, and then you asked us to take a breath and hold a moment of silence, you could feel it like just everything shifts in you. And that's really the cure if we can just be more comfortable with our own company. Like we don't have to use props or any paraphernalia to give us some sense of purpose of why we are existing. We exist because we are energy. We are souls, and we are here to allow love and power and peace and all these good qualities to emanate, especially now at this time. Maybe, you know, a few hundred years ago or maybe a thousand or two years ago, we could be as naughty as we wanted to be and have a combination <laughs> of love and hate, you know, peace and anger, and all of that played a part. But there's a feeling like this particular time, the soul is saying, I'm done. I want to be well. I've had enough play. I've lived my teenage life out. I'm grown up now. I just want to be. What would you say that musicians have a responsibility to humanity at this time? And I'm not judging hip-hop. I'm not going to judge classic. I'm not going to judge R&B, global beats. I'm putting everybody in the same boat. I do know that sometimes when I do hear music that tend to be very jarring, I wonder what does that serve and that's just a question. I don't have an answer. I just ask, what does it serve? So what do you think is the role for musicians at this time in terms of their service to our humanity? Wow. Well, first of all, just one comment to something you said before, the paraphernalia that you mentioned, you know. One of my responses to what you said is I have been struggling with trying to meditate every day since I initiated with the Tibetan Buddhist Kala Rinpoche way back in 74. And I struggle with my daily practice. So, you know, the wounded healer provides the medicine they most need, right? 
a lot of the tools that I was referencing about using music as a way to slow you down, the reason I came up with it is because I myself needed it. And I just wanted to emphasize that if we need paraphernalia that slows us down effectively to whoever's listening, don't be ashamed to use it as a titration device, as a way to get to the silence and the inner place that you're talking about. And some people judge themselves for not just jumping into being the yogi and able to handle endless amounts of silence. And just five minutes a day of slowing the train could have enormous value as you lead yourself into a deeper, more integrated state. So I just wanted to say that first, because it's so important, you know, and I know you know that. So whatever works, right? Um, right. So then in response to the question, well, I was on a curator's founders of an organization called planeteartharts.org. And it's doing some beautiful work with integrating multidisciplinary approaches to the role of music and theater and dance as a way to awaken and inflame passions around the critical issues that the planet faces. And the executive director, Michael Freed, is doing beautiful work with Stanford and Cal Berkeley in kind of like a Petri dish of the university, if it was the world, how would it work interdisciplinary ways of using the arts as a catalyst and, you know, as an emulsifier, as a way to awaken and inspire different kinds of inflamed forms of actions that would help the world. And the reason I bring that up is I was very passionate as the curator of that company, of that nonprofit. How can we bring together musicians, artists, to a significant degree, maybe as much as 30, 40, 50, or more percent, feel the call to use their art to bring benefit to their community, to shut-ins in elder homes. You know, like Charles Eisenstein said, wherever you're called to bring good. So how can we bring musicians together who are called to actually use their art to awaken goodness and to contribute? And the reason I bring that up is the responsibility that I feel you're talking about has to come from an awakened place of recognizing one's purpose. And so if the musician or the artist is not really aware of the impact, positive or negative, that they're having on their work other than just their own egoic reality, then the responsibility is just to being aware of who you are and what your purpose is and what your gifts are and how it can serve best. And if that means as simple as making people happy, making people joyful, making them loosen up their bodies, I mean, I don't want to get judgmental on how everybody should be on the bandwagon to make the world a better place like I do. It's tricky when you get into a question like that, Sister Jenna. I agree. I just think that each time we enter a particular age, the music yes. plays a very big role. And I just feel like the music that you do is the kind of music that we need to hear more of. So we can just oh, connect to a deeper part of ourselves. The way I'd like to put it is, there's an incredible moment in time and in history right now where the people are more hungry for the arts as a way to interpret today's reality. And it's an incredible opportunity to play a role as a catalyst for the good. And I think that the invitation is that if you have a desire, even if you just love singing to your baby and you don't think of yourself as a professional, just starting to sing and infuse your newborn with your voice singing in the joy of just making up a lullaby. You know, this is the language of the music, the language of the heart and soul. And you don't have to be a talented, creative musician in order to be able to bless your family and your friends with mm. the joy of just 
making up a nonsensical song that doesn't have to rhyme and the carefree energy that comes from I'm Gary and I'm on the phone with Sister Jenna and I'm <laughs> not caring if I sound like an idiot because I probably do, but it's oh. fun. You know what I'm saying? It's fun. It's, it's time to open our hearts and spirits and not think we have to be so freaking good at it, you know? Yeah, I've been feeling that too, a deep sense of really opening and release. The other day, I don't know what I was listening to or observing. I was with somebody or something, and they were just so opened and free. And I thought to myself as I was observing them, that's innocence. That's the truth. That's the purity. I love you said that. And then sometimes you're not even aware that you're so reserved. You really don't know what you're reserving. But you just are. <laughs> so true. I mean, I love that. It's just that you wonder, you know, are you allowing life to pass you by and not really living? Yes. And that's one of the things I love about Thich Nhat Hanh. You know, the innocence of his teaching and the reclaiming of the interbeing and the goodness that we are. To me, that's one of the reasons why I'm an avid fan of Gabriel Roth's Maps to Ecstasy and Open Floor Movement here in California. Because the play in letting your body move, dancing, <laughs> is such an integrative art form because it includes the music, it includes the right. movement, the meditation, the self-awareness, and then it includes the freedom to play, like dance as if no one's watching, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. There is some great freedom to that medicine of self-permission to play, you know? Mm-hmm. I so, think it's so important. We're working on a musical, and we're in the sixth year of finishing a musical called CanYouHearMeBaby.com, and it's all about celebrating the power of birth and bonding and giving birth with consciousness and with the support of the ancestors of women for the last thousand years. Anybody that's interested, we have 30 songs written, and we're going to bring a table reading to New York someday, and it's one of the reasons I'm really hoping the theaters will open, and I think Heather Shea might even help with the United Palace, hopefully. But I wanted to make mention of it because... There isn't a single art form that can't be applied to help design different approaches that will create more compassionate results. So that's my last plug I wanted to say. That's beautiful. Considering all the stuff that's going on in this country after elections and stuff, are you optimistic? I have an indigenous teacher by the name of Arkan Lushwala, who is one of the most gifted, powerful integrators of of Native American and Mayan and Incan wisdom. He's written some books, A-R-K-A-N-L-U-S-H-W-A-L-A. He's phenomenal. And his perspective on what's happening is so grounding when he says that we're in this era of what they call Pachacutis. Native Incans, they said Beagle and the Condor prophecy was when the Cortez came and plundered South America 500 years ago. And they said in 500 years, the eagle and the condor would join together. That was the head and the heart of, of the human experience. And that was 1526. That's in five years. That's now. So when he said, but this is the first time, according to indigenous wisdom, that the 500 year, the 2000 year, the 13,000 year, and the 26,000 year cycles are all happening now at the same time for the first time in the history of the world is what I understand. And when he told me this perspective, he was on a Zoom call with the people that study with him, I suddenly decide a huge sigh of relief that when you think about geological time, the unkindness and the unconsciousness and the challenge to our democracy that the current leadership has embodied, 
is such a blip on the screen of the arc for moral justice is long, but what is that famous quote? It bends towards justice. One of the things I want to express gratitude for the current president is it has awakened the purpose and mission for people to want to make a difference and create a world that is more egalitarian and more inclusive. And so I think, you know, God, thanks to the present administration, I've got so much more work that people have really received and accepted and the need for, you know, I'm weirdly grateful that it has awakened a huge population of artists and activists. So I am ultimately hopeful because I'm absolutely convinced in the goodness of the human being and the, the, our essential goodness. I do think about how I'd like to leave the country if things don't turn out the way I want, but I'm comforted by the wisdom of a larger perspective than just these four years and realize that you know whatever medicine we need, we're going to get the medicine that we choose, and it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I'll ask you a few words, and I'd like you to tell me what's the first thought that comes to your mind in one word. Ready? Okay. Soul. Heart. God. Flow. America. Adolescence. Karma. Ground. (laughs) <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Malkin. Heart. I'm Beautiful. pure heart. Beautiful. That was perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great exercise. It's so intimate. Look, thank you so much for joining us on America Meditating Radio. Do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our incredible audience? Yeah, this phrase by the late Dr. Jeremy Geffen, the pioneer in, in integrative oncology, He said this theory for living and healing that I want to repeat. So true healing, true living, whole living is focused action and intention wrapped in the arms of surrender. And I just leave those are my last words. That's beautiful. Gary Malkin, thank you so much. And thanks for your beautiful music. Thank you, Sister Jenna. And I love the BKs, and I'm so grateful for the contribution that you and your cohorts contribute to the world. Thank you for your presence in the world. Thank you. All the very best. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. That was Gary Malkin, and you can find out more information about him on wisdomoftheworld.com or go to his SoundCloud site for Gary Malkin Music. Hope you enjoyed him. What a wonderful spirit that is. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission and We really are here to love each other the same. We should definitely do that, especially now, because there's only love. Here is Elizabeth Padilla from the Anabuti Retreat Center. There is only love. Perfect song for this particular time. You take care of yourselves, everyone. Please take the high road. Always, it'll get you to your destination. All the best.
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.